0: everyone that was you know in the quarters the specialists even my mother they called me crazy stupid they said that i was overreacting irrational and mm. that they're going to lock me up <laughs>
1: Hey there, my name is Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives. We almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. Now, if you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter, at Suicide Noted. You can also leave us a recorded message. You can find a link on how to do that in the show notes, as well as some other information, ways you can participate, contribute, get involved, have a look at all of that. That also includes our membership. We would love that kind of support. We need it as we try our best to share these stories and help more people in more places hopefully feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. If you have been a part of that process as a guest, as somebody who listens, I really appreciate it and thank you very, very much. Now, keep in mind, we are talking about suicide on this podcast, as we do every week, as the title suggests we know it's not a good fit for everybody. So take that into account before you listen or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today I'm talking with M. M lives in Poland and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hello M. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. All right, so you're the first person I'm talking to from Poland, number 1.
0: That's cool. So
1: you're like a groundbreaking here in Poland.
0: Groundbreaking. Wow.
1: (laughs) And you're what part of Poland?
0: I mean, I'm in the capital. I'm in Warsaw.
1: All right. Big echoey room, but you sound good. Now you realize we're not here necessarily to talk about Warsaw, for example.
0: Yeah, I I know. I I just have one story from Warsaw that I could share if if the opportunity comes up.
1: I like hearing about people's cities, for sure. And I'm sure there's overlap with what we're talking about. That said, (laughs) how'd you find the podcast?
0: So it's actually, I think it's really interesting because I was going through a pretty tough time at school like two months ago. And then I searched up on Spotify um, how to stop suicidal thoughts. And your podcast actually came up as the first one. So I know it's quite a long search, but... I'm happy it came up. You know, I listened to a few episodes and I sort of went like, oh my gosh, I have a few stories to tell. That would be really cool if I could have mm. that opportunity. Yeah.
1: Wow. I'm, I'm just very, very interested in how people find it and why they look for these things. Can they I think be- it would
0: just be, yeah, some sort of maybe comfort to them.
1: Probably. And how old are you?
0: Yeah, it's, I'm 17. So I'm in year 12 at school. I'm writing my finals next year. Seventeen?
1: Is this even are we in a gray area with consent?
0: I don't think so. I as long as I say yes, I think it's okay. Really. I don't even
1: know. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk.
0: As far as I know, the age of consent in Poland is fifteen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's in the US.
1: They don't have an age of consent for talking about suicidal thoughts or attempts.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I, I just thought sort of like sharing it publicly per se, right? Yeah. I'm above the age of like rational thinking i guess i'm i i'm I'm not a kid right
1: yeah and you have you said a couple months ago you had rough patch did you try or have just a lot of thoughts
0: it's since we're on the topic um Mm -hmm. i think i started having really bad suicidal thoughts i think when i was like 12 or something i have a bit of family stuff going on and that's not really easy to go through but yeah i think i was 12 and the first attempt was 14. Yeah. Luckily, my friend called me and it, it didn't work out. I tried one method and that didn't work. And that sort of made me you know, reflect on what I actually did For mm-hmm. for, I think, a few weeks. I was really hard on myself. I really thought, you know, wow, that was so stupid. Why did you do that? And then it sort of just went away for a bit. Then it came back up some really some not, not nice thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's that. And yeah, a couple months ago, yeah, just before I found your podcast, was a really bad thing. And actually, um, that's the event I wanted to talk about. This actually caused me to sort of consider other options because uh, I unfortunately went witnessed a suicide on the subway when I was going home from school. So that sort of made me think, uh, you know, there are other options. And obviously, I didn't do it. But I think one morning, I spent like 10 minutes at a station, you know, just looking at the tracks. And then, thankfully, I got scared out of it. But that Mm -hmm. was something that was really, let's say, challenging to deal with, right? Because I also talked to my dad, and I told him like, oh, I saw a dead man in a bag being carried out of the station right? And I think he said something like, oh, well, shit happens. That's not really something you'd expect to hear from your own father, right?
1: Let me go back for a second, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: And this is a really hard question, but why did you try?
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, it is a really complicated question. But I think it was because I was quite maybe overwhelmed with what was going on at the time, because when I was 14, I had to uh, do my high school applications. I just finished primary school. I had a bit of a a rough patch with my dad because I moved in with my mom for two years. Everything was not going on well. That sort of really piled up and made me think that there's no other way of getting out of this. I wouldn't say that the first time I really thought about suicide as the thing, right? I just thought, what if I snapped my fingers and I just wasn't there, right? I wasn't existing.
1: I wonder how many people would snap if that was an option.
0: (laughs) Uh, I hope not many. I, I really do.
1: Obviously, intentionally chose not to share the, you said the method.
0: I mean, I can share it, but I, I just didn't know if that was something. Effective. Oh, you can share
1: it. We can always take it out if we feel like it might be problematic for people to hear.
0: Okay, so I actually, I think I took 12 or 15 of my mother's prescribed sleeping pills. Weirdly enough, that didn't make me sick, right? I just woke up the next day feeling a bit dizzy for an hour or two. And mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. So I was, I think I was really mad at myself that day for like failing.
1: Do you wish it had worked?
0: From from what I know now, no, because I've had so many new opportunities and so many bright moments for the three years and uh, that have passed since that day. But I think in that exact moment when I was fourteen, the next day, I really wished it would but from what I know now, no, no, totally no.
1: Okay. And then two months ago you found the podcast after going through a rough patch. And where mm-hmm. are you now? How do you feel now?
0: Oh, it's really complicated because let's say today at school, I really had some, some bad thoughts. I wasn't going to act upon it, but you know, it's just challenging to live with it, right? When you constantly doubt yourself and think, oh, what if I actually did go on the tracks? Obviously, I'm not going to do it because I'm scared and it's not rational, but it's, it's just hard to constantly try to, you know, push myself out of that zone of thinking black. Yeah.
1: The whole premise of the podcast, right, is to because some people will ask, like, why are we talking? Not this doesn't happen a lot, but like we're getting into these like details that may not matter. But for me, they do because there may be people out there who feel similarly, and so I want people to talk about that in as much as they want to. Because I'm sure there are other people out there. Maybe they'll hear this who have those same ideas when they're at the subway tracks. So, is there something that happens in your life, like daily or weekly, that makes you feel like especially? Like, fuck this.
0: Oh, I think the thing that really makes me feel dark is any sort of failure. Today, it was, I was blamed for something I didn't do, and my friend told me to shut the F up and never talk to her again. So that was one thing. And I think previously it was just, oh, I can't remember. I think it was just not living up to my expectations. I really expect a lot from myself. And whenever I don't accomplish something that I really want to do, I I get pretty mad at myself.
1: Do you think that's common?
0: I I think I do, because, you know, comparing yourself to other people and sort of looking at yourself through the lens of the accomplishments of others, I think it's a, a strong factor in and how people feel and, you know, how they come to, to think of these things.
1: Right, right, right. Did you tell anybody that you're going to be talking with me?
0: No, I did not. I mean, I think I told my one of my good friends that I'm going to be talking on a podcast. but And she said, what podcast? Obviously, I didn't have to tell her which one. And right. then she kind of forgot about it. So I don't know if I'm going to mention it to anyone.
1: Oh, uh, you think you'll listen to it?
0: I don't know. I, I mean, my friends will not listen to it. I will, I will definitely listen to it. But I'm not planning on telling anyone at the moment. So, right, it's just going to be random people who find this, and hopefully, right. they find that it helps them.
1: Yeah, chances are people that you know aren't going to find it, but you never know. <laughs> Possible. I mean, I think with this particular topic, m- more than most, there might be people who let you know who do a similar Google search or podcast search and for this kind of thing, because people don't talk about Maybe. it. So.
0: Maybe.
1: I mean, I'm not saying I want that for you if that's going to put you in a rough spot. <laughs> you never know. Did you ever get help for your stuff? Sort of professional help?
0: That's also a really tough thing to discuss since I'm in Poland. So when I was 14 and you know, I took the, the sleeping pills, I told one friend. It yeah. was the friend who called me that night. And then we got in another argument and she told me that she had leverage on me. So she told a teacher. And then that teacher contacted my mother. My mother is really, you know, not compassionate. I think there's a huge generational gap in Poland between people like me who actually care and understand things about mental health and my parents. So people from like the 70s and 80s who really don't believe in this sort of thing. Yeah, the teacher contacted my mother and then she told me I think she told me that we we're going to go shopping. Yeah, she told me we we're going to go shopping. And then instead of going to the shopping center, she took me to a mental health hospital just outside of Warsaw. And I remember I think halfway through the drive, I realized, you know, we're not going we're not going to the city where are we going? And she didn't talk to me through the rest of the ride i cried when i came in there yeah that's that's the sort of thing i regret because since she didn't tell me i was not prepared at all so i came into the center i think i just started crying and screaming That's the other thing I really regret. I didn't tell people how I was feeling because everyone that was, you know, in the quarters, the specialists, even my mother, they called me uh, crazy, stupid. They said that I was overreacting and they said that I was irrational and Mm. that they're going to lock me up or something. So that was a really traumatizing experience. And I do not wish that on my worst enemy.
1: How long were you there for?
0: I think we stay there for two hours so i i wasn't admitted or anything i didn't even talk to anyone so that was that was a strange thing my mother drove me all the way there then made me panic and cry and everything nothing came out of it right
1: no clearly something came out of it you got traumatized that's what came out (laughs)
0: Uh, nothing positive came right came out of it for me right
1: well for you they might be thinking we scared her straight (laughs) because, <laughs> what other reason would there be to go someplace for two hours and just have people call you those things? Other than, I can't, I mean, maybe there's another reason. It sounds like, let's just do these things so next time she'll think twice.
0: Maybe, maybe I really don't understand, uh, let's say, the mental health uh, sort of culture in Poland because most people just don't accept it. And when you tell them, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty low, can you help me? They usually just shrug it off and tell you, you know, get away or something. Or they over the whole situation like my yeah. mother did. You know, she didn't even talk to me about that. She just picked me up from school and just went straight to the center. So they don't really do these polls, at least. They don't do one-on-one talks.
1: I don't think it's just Poland. I don't know if that helps or hurts. <laughs> it makes you feel any better. But it's a lot of cultures. Yeah. So they either don't engage with you at all about it, or they take you to a mental institution outside of Warsaw. There's no in between.
0: Uh, that seems to be the two ways that they deal with these sort of things. I mean, it really depends on your situation, right? Because at least my school, it's it's pretty open and like liberal. So you can go to any sort of teacher and tell them about your worries and thoughts, and they're not going to do anything. But right. if even one person dra- over-dramatizes the situation and adds even a little detail into it, you're going to get messed up.
1: Yeah. So the lesson there is don't talk about it
0: yeah and I that's really sad because you know obviously you do really want to talk to people and try to get better, try to finally be happy. But when you get that sort of experience that when you're open to someone, you immediately get you know shunned for it and you get bad consequences. Yeah, it doesn't really help with with talking to anyone for that matter.
1: for sure. I mean, if you've heard the podcast, I can't rank it, but it's right up there for reasons people ultimately do attempt it's just so ironic, tragically, weirdly, almost absurdly ironic that not talking about it creates more problems. A lot of places in the United States, it's, well, just talk about it. Just talk about it. It's like, it's bullshit. Just talk about it. But you're going to lock me up or shun me or shame me. Mixed
0: messaging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, since you she says you're not sure in Poland, there's really no messaging. I mean, the things that we get, like when I look on social media, it's like, Uh, Talk to your friend once a month if they feel bad, right? And is that sort of condition, if they feel bad. Do you know if they feel bad? Well, of course not, because you don't talk about these things. Even when something happens, like, for example, with the thing I witnessed uh, in the subway, they usually report it as ludzie which means that people sort of invade the tracks. It literally translates to invade, force oneself onto the tracks. It's never if you feel the same way as that person did, call someone or reach out or anything. They often say, I mean, witnesses, especially in the news, say, why would you do that during the morning or evening rush hours? It's so selfish. Or I think one lady from the report that I witnessed, she said they were just seeking attention. Mm. and the most absurd and stupid way you could respond to any sort of question right yeah
1: it's astounding you know also i want to just backtrack for a second because what you're sharing is just like unfortunately it's not surprising but wow talk to your friend once a month if they're feeling whatever the word is down or sad or Mm -hmm. one. so you're pointing out that well how would i know because we don't talk about it so we would know I want to add, even if you did know, there's this thinking often I hear where you don't need to learn how to talk about it. You just, there's an assumption that if someone comes to you, you just know how to. And I think that's a huge problem. Even if you reached out to your friend, the the idea that they're going to know how to engage you beyond just a platitude or some weird comment that's shitty.
0: Yeah. I think considering the topic, it's it's not surprising, but... I think the real issue is finding someone you're comfortable enough with to talk about these things and someone who understands how to deal with it. So, for example, uh, yeah, the thing that I I also tried a few months ago when I saw that person on the train, I told my friend, you know, I thought I was going to die last night and what made me stop was you. Like, I thought of you and Mm. the moments that I would miss and she just sort of said, well, why are you telling me this? It's not like I'm I'm going to help you. And then she stopped talking to me. So, you know, even when I emphasized that she's one of the most important people to me, she just slowly backed away and stopped talking to me. I don't understand her.
1: I don't either. I would think if somebody shared that with me, I'd hope I'd be like almost blown away by their honesty and honored. Mm -hmm. Really?
0: Yeah, exactly. I thought she would... Not necessarily appreciate it, but sort of understand my situation and what she means to me as a friend. But obviously, I, she didn't get the message.
1: Wait, did you say you tried a few months ago?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: Did we talk about this?
0: No, but it's it's not like, you know, nothing Yeah, nothing serious came out of it. But if you want to, I can I can mention it, yeah.
1: Of course, this is part of the podcast.
0: I don't know if this is good or bad, but in a movie I watched, I saw... Uh, that a boy hung himself from the doorknob. I was in in a really bad place, yeah. And I thought, you know, that might actually work because I have all the materials at home and everything. So I think at first I just tried to learn how to make myself faint, and I succeeded at that. And then one night I just sort of hung a noose around my neck, hung it on the doorknob, and I made myself faint. I remember hitting the floor because I didn't tie it strong enough so the knots just sort of slipped from the doorknob and I landed on the floor and then I woke up and then I think I I just went straight to bed I didn't even cry and that Mm. was the the weirdest thing to me you know that I didn't show any emotion and I wasn't even true to myself because I remember I was really mad angry you know a lot of emotions were going through my head at that moment but I didn't do anything so that was really confusing to me. And then the next day, I went to school. I told my friend. Obviously, she didn't even try to think about it.
1: You still friends with that girl
0: from fourteen, no, and from from two months ago, also no. And that's the really shitty thing about telling people that you tried. Either they re- they understand and they're compassionate, or they just blatantly, you know, turn you away and stop talking to you. These two friends, actually, I have some classes with them, and they act as if nothing happened mm-hmm. and that's the saddest thing
1: well, you you said sometimes they do that and sometimes they act with compassion how many people have you talked about it with that act compassionately acted compassionately
0: <laughs> personally i didn't have that experience but you know right. from listening to this podcast i know that some people do find others who help them and sort of understand them but that wasn't the case for me yeah you know i think it was it really depends on the person Because with the first friend, I thought we had trust between each other. I thought we were really good friends, best friends, let's say. That turned out to be just a big fat lie. And then the other friend, I went to uh, London with her. So I really thought we were the best of friends and everything. And when I told her, honestly, I really expected her to be shocked. Because I know she's someone who doesn't deal with big changes and, and big news very well. But I figured since we're best friends, she might understand. But she didn't even try to reason or talk with me. She just, you know, shunned me and didn't really say anything. It's really confusing.
1: Yeah. So how often these days, let's just say like in the past week, Mm -hmm. do you think about, let's use the word ideate, really think about not being
0: Mm -hmm. here? This week, maybe I thought of it. Once or twice, but it's just because I have a lot of stuff going on and, you know, a lot of big decisions to make about my future, like college and and stuff like that. It's, I think it just really comes up whenever I have big decisions to do. Because in the past, uh, let's just say I didn't think I would have a bright future. So I sort of had this mindset, even as a kid, I thought, you know, why bother? Why try and, you know, get straight A's and be the best person that I know? If I don't have a guaranteed future, because some family stuff was going on, I wasn't really sure of myself. I I think I didn't have a strong sense of identity either.
1: Mm -hmm. So do you have anyone to talk to?
0: Not really. Right now, no, I don't think so.
1: Do you know in Poland if people see, do they see therapists?
0: I think yes. I mean, some people definitely do. Even my friends go to therapy, but obviously, mm-hmm. if we don't discuss what they talk about. And I imagine you could, you could go, but I don't think I have the courage to, you know, tell my parents. I after what my mother did, I, I, I cannot tell them. You know, I've been thinking about some stuff, and it's mostly because of you. So, can you take care of that now? And <laughs> that wouldn't be, would be taken very well.
1: Wow yeah
0: i just don't have anyone to trust right now but i'm hoping that you know when i move out to college and i make some new friends and everything i might get a chance to work through my issues
1: i certainly hope so is there anything in your life that helps you feel better
0: it's really cliche to say that but i think it's my passion so i play the violin i've been playing it since i was like three or four and that is sort of a good outlet for my emotions because music can convey multitude of emotions. So whenever I go to my violin lessons, I feel that I sort of get a break from reality, if that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. And also one thing that I've been trying recently, sort of trying to acknowledge these thoughts uh, rather than just trying to run away from them. So, you know, facing them head on and accepting it and sort of thinking like okay this is what i have an issue with right now if i don't fix it i'm gonna feel even more shitty the next day and if i do consciously try to work through it on even on my own i might feel better the next day so that's the sort of thing that keeps me going and -hmm. also the prospect that i could move out within the next year so
1: are you going to stay in poland for school do you know
0: uh no 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 way i i You know, my dream is to, because since I have a British citizenship, most of the colleges in the UK are like half off for me, especially now it's really hard for people from Poland to go study abroad because it's really expensive. Uh, You know, this year, obviously, I'm going to do my applications. And if I get accepted to my dream college, I'm going to move out and hopefully I'll return to Poland because it's not a country that I identify with. Or that I have any strong connection to. It's just sort of a midway place.
1: So, just to be clear, you don't want to go back to Poland.
0: No, no. I know it might be disappointing to some people, but yeah, I would love to stay in London. Or mm-hmm. my dream, my dream place is Scotland, because my cousin lives there. Just it's it's really pretty and and calm. A lot of nature, sort of away from all the issues of home. Yeah.
1: Is what's the dream school, or are we going to jinx it?
0: My dream school is LSE, London School of Economics. I study economics and uh, politics and social studies right now. So I'm hoping I get an a seven, which is like an A from all of these subjects. I pass my exams and then I go to college. Obviously, yeah. it's not, you know, straight to the point, as I said, but I'm hoping even though I'm going to have to do it alone, I hope I will manage. Yeah.
1: Well, are there any uh, myths around this stuff that you want to discuss or dispel?
0: Okay, I think one myth is that it's a really straightforward path, not in a good sense, but you know, you sort of start feeling depressed, then even worse, even worse, and then you attempt suicide, and then you die. I found that these things come in waves. You can be really happy one day or one week and be ecstatic with your life and think that you're in the best place ever. And then the next week, even something minor happens and then you just just in the lowest of the low and you cannot seem to pick yourself back up. And that's that's one myth that I found even within my friend group, right? I haven't told them, but they think that it's a, a straight path and it's really not. It's a really complicated and and broken up path, if I can say that.
1: Yeah. Any others?
0: Okay, so also one thing uh, from what I mentioned before is that you can always see when someone is, is feeling suicidal or bad. You, you cannot. I mean, from, from my experience, I try to put on a mask, like a happy face every day. I go to school, you know, I'm happy, everything's all right. And then when when I come home, usually it's okay. But sometimes I feel really stressed and overwhelmed. Absolutely, you cannot tell just by looking at someone, or or even, you know, talking to them for a bit. If they're having these sort of thoughts, you really need to connect to them on a deeper level and gain their trust and not be a shitty person and tell on them to, to the teachers.
1: Don't be a shitty person. Exactly. Well, do your best to not be a shitty person. Well, I just think that some people who we are, we're calling shitty, maybe they think they're doing like the not shitty thing by, for example, telling the authorities. You know, I think that people are defining it. I just, Yeah, oh, it is complicated.
0: Maybe. I think that that first friend, she didn't even say sorry, obviously, but she said, I thought it was a good thing that I told people so that you would get some help. But the thing is, she didn't realize that the whole system, at least in Poland, is broken and they sort of stigmatize people who are not feeling normal per se and i'm not saying that everyone who tells someone is shitty but you really need to consider each and everyone's individual situation to be sort of able to to gauge if you can actually tell anyone or just sort of ask them do you want me to tell anyone for your own safety right yeah for sure and sometimes people just say, you know, I don't want anyone to know about this. And that's okay, because sometimes even telling one of your closest friends is going to help you a lot. I mean, if I get the opportunity to have a new best friend and tell them, I think that might actually help me sort of regain my confidence and sense of self.
1: Hmm. wonder what those suicide rate is in Poland.
0: It's a decline from 2018, but the data is for 2019. But recently, you know, from what I've been seeing on the news, it's been on the rise. So in the whole history of the Polish subway, up until two years ago, there have been five suicides. But in the past two years, it's been nine cases. It's almost double the thing, the the number that that was established over 20, you know, 30 years, right? So it's really on the rise. And then there's finding people in force. I think one time I was going to school by bus, and I think a person jumped from their window, and, you know, this sort of tarp was set up on the street. I don't know if that was it, but I think that was a possibility. So it's definitely on the rise, and I'm really upset that no one's talking about this. Because we could prevent it if we didn't stigmatize this and helped and reached out to people who feel like they don't belong and that they don't want to be here anymore.
1: You really think that we could prevent it entirely? That's not a fair question. I don't. (laughs) But I think we could reduce it.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying entirely, but definitely reduce it, you know. Mm. Uh, Definitely in youth, because that's been on the rise in Poland.
1: Yeah, I think approaching youth is a little bit differently, a little different, I should say. We just don't have honest conversations as a starting point. If you can't do that, I don't think a lot's going to change, but I have strong feelings Mm.
0: about it. Yeah.
1: It's not even that people don't know how to talk about it. It's just they don't talk about it. Those are two different things.
0: Yeah, don't talk about it and don't want to, right? So they okay. just push you away. Yeah, they sort of act as if the problem wasn't there at all, and that's not a good mindset to to go about your life with. That like you sort of, if you don't see the problem, it's not there.
1: That's probably not the best way to approach it. Maybe it helps some people. I
0: don't know. It depends on the person, but definitely, you know, regarding some deeper personal issues, it's not a good way.
1: Probably true. Yeah. Well, I only have a couple more questions and then you could add anything else you want because I know you might've written down some notes. So we'll have time if you want to look at them, but here's my question. What are the odds? What's the likelihood that you're going to be around to finish college?
0: I mean, based on what I know up until today, I think it's, it's a real possibility. I mean, I do struggle sometimes, but I'm sort of trying to push myself. And college is the one thing that's keeping me here because Mm -hmm. I dream of just moving out and having a different life, a better life. So I think the odds are almost 100%. I'm saying almost 100% because I have no idea what's going to happen in the future if I'm going to have a big failure or something. But I think they're pretty good right now. I'm feeling better than a couple months ago.
1: I'm glad to hear that. And the other question I had is, do you like Polish football, soccer?
0: I'm actually not interested in Polish sports at all. So I know nothing about soccer. (laughs) You
1: heard of Robert Lewandowski? Yeah, I did. Lewandowski.
0: I don't know if he's huge. I mean, at least in my school, we don't have that many soccer fans. I think he's quite popular with like younger kids.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, do do you have anything else that you'd like to share?
0: Okay, so I have one more thing that's sort of, let's say, a side effect of of thinking about suicide. Uh, I have real trouble with staying consistent. All right. So like, recently, I really wanted to start weightlifting. But I sometimes that's what I talked about in the beginning, I sometimes feel like, why bother, you know, and also uh, staying organized is a real challenge. I found that With these sort of things, trying to find one little thing in your day that brings you, you know, joy and sort of repeating that thing or similar things to intentionally be happy or sort of stay a joyful mindset, even for a couple of minutes, it really does help. So, for example, what I do, uh, what brings me joy is putting on my jewellery. And getting new piercings. (laughs) It's not like a coping mechanism but whenever I feel bad I sort of you know draw out my ears and and dot on what I would want to get next. When I move out I sometimes draw my uh, tattoo ideas. You know just finding a couple minutes to really reflect on yourself and your day. Oftentimes whenever something bad happens we go into autopilot mode. I think I found that I get really angry and sad really easily. And then I go into overdrive and I cannot seem to find a way out and sort of stay firstly honest with myself and then rational. So really reflecting, deeply reflecting on what you did throughout the day might help some people. And you don't need really specific circumstances to do that. You can just literally before you go to bed, you can just sort of sit and close your eyes and think about what you did and what you were happy with
1: hashtag Warsaw wisdom.
0: Warsaw wisdom. Oh my goodness.
1: Take it. Use it. Make it your own. Let's go viral.
0: (laughs) Yep. Warsaw wisdom. Here we go.
1: Dropping truth bombs. What else? Anything else?
0: Oh my gosh. I was supposed to read out some quotes from my suicide letter.
1: How many suicide notes have you written
0: in your life? I wouldn't even say one. I think it was it was less than one because I didn't even finish it because I felt guilty. I'm. I i do not think I'm gonna find it right now. But the main sort of thing that I had written there was. I think the most the word that I repeated the most was sorry. And the thing is, I don't even know what I was sorry for. Right. This is. This was just how I felt at the moment. I. I think I just wrote some lines of sorry, not sorry. So that was one thing, and another thing was. I I hope you you're all happy and you can try to overcome this loss. So I I was I think in that moment I was really thinking more about the people around me than about myself.
1: Yeah. Sorry not sorry. Sorry.
0: It was constantly like sorry 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 for what I did, sorry for what you're going to have to go through and everything. Looking at it from from this perspective right after I thankfully didn't get to finish it. It's just plain sad that I, I blamed myself for everything and sort of tried to tell people that, you know, this is all my fault and you're going to have to struggle. I hope nobody has to think that way.
1: Mm, mm, yeah. If you were making a book title for your life, I think Sorry Not Sorry Not Sorry", not Sorry might be the book title. Really? I mean, you, you decide. I'm just saying that's not a bad one
0: it's quite philosophical when you think about it
1: sure well listen uh happy project goes well yeah thank you You yeah of course and i and i thank you for connecting with me and and talking with me i appreciate it
0: i'm really glad i did
1: i hope your evening is decent in poland m and uh yeah thanks
0: thank you so much hope you have a good day
1: thanks bye thank you As always thanks so much for listening and all of your support Special thanks to M in Poland Thank you M. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk Please reach out Hello at suicidenoted.com On Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted As always check the show notes for all kinds of other ways You can get involved and participate Including our membership And should you listen on Apple Podcasts Please rate and review Suicide Noted It helps people find it and we want people to find it Thank you for that And that is all for episode number 170. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.